Welcome to the Self-Care Tarot Podcast with me, Kat Crawford. A podcast that uses tarot to delve a little deeper into self-exploration, enhance your journaling and aid with spiritual development. Welcome, my loves. I hope we're all well. If you're not on the mailing list or if you haven't followed me yet on the old socials, you might not have seen that my brand new soul tarot coaching sessions have officially been launched. And if you book a session before the 3rd of Jan 2023, you get it at a special discounted price. So I highly recommend if you are listening to this before the 3rd of January 2023 and you want a Soul Tarot coaching session, you get it booked in immediately and then you can save some monies. So this is a very big step for me and the Self Care Emporium, hopefully in the right direction, both for me and the business. I've always used tarot as a self-coaching tool, so now I'm very excited to get to work with clients in the same way that I get to work with tarot, like behind closed doors. So we're basically creating a tarot reading and coaching hybrid service, and it's going to be so amazing, and I can't wait for you guys to experience it and start working with you one-on-one. It's going to be awesome. Now, I thought long and hard this week about which cards would help guide us through what I wanted to chat about in this episode. And once again, I felt like I needed to enlist the help of a duo, like team up two cards together. I've been working hard on completing my final coaching course, which I actually completed the other day. So I'm now a certified spiritual and soul purpose coach. And I've been researching a lot about paradigms and paradigm shifts. There's something that I'm not completely alien to because I've worked with them a lot in my personal spiritual and emotional development work. But because I'd been learning about them in kind of greater detail, they were really at the forefront of my mind. So when I came to sit down and write this episode, I was like, I feel like I want to write about this because it's fresh in my in my head. So here we are. I've chosen the Four of Cups and the Eight of Swords to guide us through this, help us to face our own paradigms. And I chose these two cards together because there's something specific within the world of paradigms that I wanted to tackle. So the idea that nothing changes if nothing changes in particular, an ideal that I've been trying to embody a lot recently, I spoke last week about making big decisions in my business because I was just kind of going around and around in circles no matter how many changes I made. And it was only this week though that I realised why I was stuck in this pattern and I felt like I needed to share kind of this realisation in podcast form because I see it a lot in my clients and my community And I really just wanted to address it and have a look at it in detail using the wonderful world of tarot. So that's what we're going to be doing in this podcast. So get comfy, grab a drink, grab your journals, and we'll get stuck into it.
this episode, we're going to be combining the Four of Cups and the Eight of Swords. So two cards we haven't yet touched on the podcast in any form, I don't think. I have a spreadsheet. My spreadsheet tells me no, so if I'm wrong, the spreadsheet has failed me. I was trying to find a single card that really spoke to this idea of nothing changes if nothing changes, but there wasn't just one that fully summed up what I wanted to explore. So here we are, we have combined two to try and guide us through what I wanted to guide us through. So as we always do in the podcast, let's have a look at the cards we're going to be working with. So let's start with the Eight of Swords. On the Rider Waite deck, this is the card with the figure stood within a circle of swords, blindfolded and tied up. I always read this card as someone who is kind of stuck in their own head, someone who needs to review their way of thinking so that they can break free from beliefs that are holding them in place and holding them back from probably taking any action on anything. So think about having a mental list of things you need to do that day, but you have so much to do that you just don't do anything. And you end up sitting on the sofa watching Netflix true crime documentaries and just doing nothing. So what the Eight of Swords often encourages us to do is face these thoughts head on, to sort through them and rewire them so that we can then break through these patterns that we've kind of created for ourselves. So this is something that is integral to what we're going to be touching on in this podcast. So when we talk about the Eight of Swords, we're kind of asking ourselves to take a pause so that we can fully immerse ourselves in what is happening in our heads, like really sift through those thoughts, be very mindful, be able to pick out what it is that is not serving us, not helping us to get to where we want to be. So we're really carving out that time to just stop whatever we're doing and really assess what's going on mentally. Then we have the Four of Cups. And the Four of Cups is a card of apathy. That inability to feel connected or excited or satisfied with anything in our lives. So everything just feels a bit kind of boring and mundane. So yeah, it offers stability and security and that's all great, but there's no life in it. There's no joy. There's no thrill in it. So when we put these two cards together, what we get is kind of thought patterns that result in apathy. Basically, we're creating our own dissatisfaction. (laughs) Wow, that's definitely not how you say that word. Dissatisfaction is what I meant to say. We're creating our own dissatisfaction and this kind of just mess state where we're not really achieving anything we're just plodding along and everything's fine like nothing is really going wrong but it's kind of just like eh, what there's no spark in it there's no passion in it so the paradigm illustrated in the eight of swords creates how we feel about our reality which we see in the four of cups so it's that the idea of how our thoughts create our reality, how what we allow to take up mental space ends up affecting the emotional state and that connection between the two. So let's chat a bit about exploring our own paradigms. So what are they? 
How are they serving us? Like, what is the point of them? So first of all, if you've heard me say paradigm a hundred times, but you have no idea what it means, (laughs) that would be perfectly fair. So a paradigm is essentially a pattern or a model. So when we talk about having a paradigm, we're referring to the context in which we see our world. So our past experiences, our values, our opinions, our beliefs, they all contribute to make up our paradigm. This is why everyone tends to see the world a little differently. So you could have 10 people in a room all faced with the same situation, but you would all see it differently. You would all see different solutions or different ways to overcome it because your paradigms that you have created for yourself is completely based on your own experiences, who you are, your values, your opinions, everything we just kind of touched on. So some people are extremely optimistic because their paradigm supports this optimism. Some people are more pessimistic because their paradigm supports pessimism. Pessimism? Pessimism. (laughs) Supports pessimism. That, mm -hmm, let's go with that. So you will always have a paradigm or a worldview, depending on what you want to call it, through which you make sense of the world. And this will influence your behaviours and your feelings towards your external world. So what's going on around you. So when we refer to paradigm shifts, we're talking about changing that structure. We're reprogramming the mind to see the world differently. As well as your personal paradigm, we also have a dominant paradigm. And this refers to the thoughts and values of society as a whole. So this can include things like culture and also historical context as well. So for example, if I was a woman in the 1700s, I would have a very different idea about what my purpose and value would be because I would be looking at my life through the dominant paradigm of society at that time. So I may have a worldview that is more personal to me through my own experiences and beliefs, which is often where we kind of come up against conflict because the way that we see the world and what I believe may not be completely aligned with the worldview of society. And so I have to fight with myself about the behaviours I exhibit and how I communicate. So it's that kind of conformity that we're, we're trying to battle against in that instance. So our worldview dictates how we see ourselves and how we see ourselves in this world. So what are we capable of and what can we take action against? It can often hide some opportunities that kind of don't fit in with your paradigm and also highlight ones that do. So what your brain will do is it will try and pick out all the things that support the way you see the world already, which means that if there's something, it's like a solution that maybe doesn't fit in with your beliefs and your values and kind of how you have done things in the past, your brain won't pick up on it. It'll be hidden to you. So when we talk about shifting paradigms, we're opening up the mind to possibilities that it wouldn't usually pick out. It wouldn't gravitate towards. So at the core of all of this is one very simple word, and that is safety. Having a paradigm, having a worldview is a survival mode to operate within the world that you are comfortable with and that you have evidence to support. So on the surface anyway, but we'll get into this. 
going against this survival mode requires a very soft touch. We can't go in all guns blazing because our defences will instantly come up and will become near impossible to break through. So we have to coax ourselves out of our paradigm shell. We have to create a safe and secure environment to do this work so we can actually create substantial change. So, for example, one of the things when I decided to create the soul tarot coaching sessions was that I wanted it to be a container where this work could take place so I wanted it to be this safe space this secure space with support and guidance where people can really start breaking down this worldview start breaking down their paradigms to be able to see where they can make this kind of radical change and where they can really find solutions that they probably didn't look into before Hello my dears, I wanted to quickly jump in to remind you that the Tarot for Beginners doors are open, they remain open so that it is there for whenever you need it. Tarot for Beginners is a self-led online course that uses video and written lessons to teach you all about the tarot, to teach you all the meanings of 78 cards in the tarot deck and how to use them effectively. Learning tarot can be one of the most life-changing things you do. It can help you find your higher purpose, it can help you connect with your inner self more regularly, take better care of yourself, and also to help you clear away those limiting beliefs or blocks, anything that is holding you back. So having tarot as part of your toolkit is invaluable. So if you do wanna find out more about learning tarot, what the course offers, then you can click the link in the show notes and it will take you to all the information that you need. If you do have any questions that are not answered on the landing page, then you can drop me an email at info at theselfcareemporium.com or head over to Instagram and drop me a DM. I am always happy to answer any questions that you have. So let's get back to this episode. So you may have heard of the old phrase, nothing changes, nothing changes. And if you haven't, then here you go. I am gifting it to you. So on the surface, when we say this, what we mean is if you keep doing the same things time and time again, you will always get the same result. And I'm sure as well that there's another phrase that said something like, um, it's something about how the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Same, same core message, different phrasing. (laughs) So on the surface, when we say this, we mean If you keep doing the same things time and time again, you will always get the same result. However, what about when we feel like we've made these huge changes, but everything is still not going the way we hope and we keep getting the same results regardless? What about that? Like we've made the change, but the solution or the result is still exactly the same as we've had before. One thing we as humans are very good at is tricking ourselves into staying safe. So the brain brings up justifications around why you need to do something a certain way. It gives you false confidence or even just like flat out lies to you about why you need to do this thing this way or what you need to do next. 
So sometimes we can make massive changes or changes that feel massive to us, but at the core of those changes, it's still rooted in old patterns. So they're just dressed up as something different, fooling you into believing that you've made a big change and therefore should see a completely different outcome. So an example of this might be when you've, say, like decided to get back into the dating game. So you try and date people who you deem, you know, not really your type, and yet you still can't find a decent partner. Why? You've changed the type of people you're choosing to go out with. You've stepped out of your comfort zone. So like, where's your reward? Where's your like Prince Charming on his horse riding in to sweep you off your feet? If your intention and beliefs are the same, the outcome will be the same. So if you haven't addressed limiting beliefs around dating, then you will continue to date the wrong people. No matter how different they look from each other, no matter how not your type that person is, the outcome will still be the same. You will still not have that connection with people because the limiting beliefs that are preventing that are still there. So the core or pivot point of your problem is still the same. You've just given it a makeover to fool yourself. A a pig in a wig, if you will. (laughs) I don't know where that phrase comes from, but I promise you that it is a thing. I just don't know where it comes from. But a a pig in a wig is basically what it is. So in order to make real change, and we're talking like substantial long-term change, is to tackle that pivot point, which more often than not is your worldview. So it's the world that you have created, your paradigm. If a belief in your worldview is dating is a waste of time because I can't find anyone to connect with, then that will be your reality. So all those people you've dated will never be right because if they were, it wouldn't support your worldview. It wouldn't support that belief. So your beliefs would be challenged and the brain doesn't like when your safe and familiar beliefs are challenged. So it guides you off in a different direction. This is called confirmation bias, where we kind of unconsciously seek out proof that our beliefs are true, our beliefs are valid. So you'll subconsciously choose the people you go out with knowing they aren't right for you but you'll you'll do it anyway because it will support your worldview and this can apply to any situation whether it's work health finances relationships spirituality whatever you will always find a way to support the beliefs you have already built and feel comfortable with that is unless you tackle the beliefs themselves and change that worldview this is called a paradigm shift. So we really have to do that inner work. We have to start tackling essentially the container that we have built, really having a look at kind of the bricks that make up this container or bubble, if you will, and seeing what is keeping us safe and what is actually just keeping us from growing and developing. So how do we actually start to shift? How do we create that paradigm shift? What's needed? So to get started with a paradigm shift, you need to uncover those beliefs that colour your worldview. To make it easier, tackle just one thing at a time. Otherwise you might get overwhelmed and run and hide because we all have like probably thousands of limiting beliefs that are hidden down in the depths but there are a few that kind of are core beliefs that we can really grab hold of and start working with 
So choose one thing at a time. I promise that will be a lot easier. So have a go at this right now. So choose a goal that you feel particularly passionate about right now. For me, it's getting off my backside and getting back into a fitness routine. I'm actually currently sat here in my gym stuff. (laughs) I've been once, which, you know, I'm very proud of. So I'm sat here in my gym stuff and I'm going to record this podcast. I'm going to do a bit of work and then I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just going to get it done. And yeah, so that's what I'm passionate about right now is getting back into the gym, getting back into this fitness routine. So start to think about the excuses you'll tell yourself as to why you can't achieve that goal. So what fears and limitations or obstacles does your brain come up with as to why it's not worth it or it's not possible? So all those things that your brain brings up as like evidence as to why you can't achieve this thing, those are your limiting beliefs. So each one of those thoughts contributes to you not being able to take the right action towards your goals. So what we have to start doing is challenging those beliefs. So taking the evidence we're giving ourselves and breaking through them, breaking them down with evidence as to why they aren't true. So we're counteracting those things. A task my therapist gave me a while ago, I think it was a couple of years ago now, was to start writing every negative thought I had down in like a small journal or the notes app on my phone. Then when I got home that evening, I needed to sit down and challenge every single one of those thoughts and back it up with positive evidence. And this is a really great way to start being more mindful of that inner voice and the narration we have as we go about our day. So we have tens of thousands of thoughts a day and I bet you can only really remember like three or five at most by the end of the day that you've had throughout that like eight, 12, 16 hours, however long you've been awake. Well, at least that's how much my terrible memory can recall. (laughs) I don't know about you. Maybe you're better than me. But you definitely won't remember like all of those thousands of thoughts you've had. So that running in a dialogue is shaping how we see the world the whole time. So even when we're asleep, the mind is processing all of our experiences of the day and adding them to the structure of our paradigm. So it's not something we can break down overnight and rebuild. No tower energy in this episode, my friends. We have to work at it slowly. We have to chip away at changing our view slowly, shifting it, not completely displacing it or completely rewriting it, really learning to just shift it slightly inch by inch every day. So think about manually focusing on a camera, how you have to do it slowly and maybe even adjust it a few times until the picture becomes really like pin sharp. Or one of those kiddie kaleidoscope toys where you slowly turn the lens to see something completely different. If you rush this process, you wouldn't be able to fully see the change and you may even feel like a little disorientated. You're like, oh my God, what's happening? Slow and steady most definitely wins the race when it comes to shifting our worldviews to create this radical change. So doing this work is very much stepping into that eight of swords. So bringing it back to our two cards that we're using this episode, having that time to really sit down and assess those negative thoughts, to challenge those negative thoughts with positive affirmations and positive evidence, that is this eight of swords energy. 
we are doing work that is going to help us be more mindful long term. It's going to help us with our thought processes on a longer term scale. Is that a phrase? It is now. I've just made it up. So that is the Eight of Swords work. The Four of Cups work then comes out of the back of that because when we do that Eight of Swords work, that's when we start to feel the changes. We start to move out of this Four of Cups. So we're stuck there at the moment and what we can do is change our worldview, change our paradigms, really shift that way of thinking, shifting the way that we see ourselves and ourself in the world and the context of the world and being able to move out of that position of, of apathy and start to feel that spark again and start to feel excited about life and goals and things that you want to do and you'll be able to maybe even be more creative. You'll start to um, think of projects you want to work on. So this is also something I did because I talked a bit about it last week week in last week episode where I made a really big change to the marketing side of my business and what I've noticed since I made that massive change and I kind of stepped out of the paradigm that I created for myself I broke out of that worldview even if it was just like for a second and it was like oh yeah everything clicked into place and then what I found is that I've always been a very creative person Art was my favourite subject in school. I do a lot of painting. I like crafty stuff. But over the years, that kind of inspiration and that passion for creation and getting hands-on and creating things just slowly started to drift away and started to like settle down to a point where I would do maybe like painting every now and again or I would draw on my iPad and I would illustrate and I would do it for a bit and I'd be really excited about it. And then I'd go into that kind of four of cups where I'd just be like, nah, I don't really care about this now. But since I did this kind of paradigm shift, I have not been this creative since I was like six. (laughs) I started creating a new art project so a new painting that I want to do and it's massive as well so that's something on my list to do I started crocheting again I crocheted a scarf with a hood and pockets and I didn't even know that I could do that so I made that I started scrapbooking I started writing more like I just it was kind of like you you uncork something And then all this creative energy just came out because I'd been blocking myself from that kind of connection with my inner world, my intuition, my creativity by staying in this little bubble of my idea of what my life needed to look like and what my work needed to look like. And as soon as I broke out of that, it changed other areas of my life. I booked a gym membership so now I go to the gym more and I use exercise to help manage stress which I wasn't managing stress at all before so it was really just a tiny little change that I made like a snap decision and it completely opened up the door for so many other things and other areas of my life and often that's all it takes it's not necessarily a big life change you don't have to completely overhaul your routines it's just a slight shift in that paradigm and it just blows everything wide open so it's a really impactful thing to work on it's a really impactful thing to 
to study and see how it is affecting your own life and really having a look at that kind of bigger picture. So let's start doing some work. So journal prompts for working with the Eight of Swords and the Four of Cups. First of all, we need to know what our paradigms look like. So we'll focus on getting to work with the Eight of Swords first, then we'll make a start creating those small shifts to finally make substantial changes rather than superficial ones. So prompt one, think about your biggest goal that you want to work on right now. What limiting beliefs do you find coming up as evidence? How does your mind give you this evidence as a way to support those beliefs, to validate those beliefs, to say that those beliefs are true? Prompt two, once you have those beliefs, start to look for counter evidence. So what experiences have you had or even witnessed other people having that go against your limiting beliefs that really show that those beliefs are not necessarily true? Then prompt three, think about the big changes you've made that haven't yielded the results you were hoping for. What didn't go to plan? Did any of those limiting beliefs play a part? So try and read between the lines, see underneath the veil and look at it from every single angle you can in order to find the truth. So at first your brain may be like, well, I did everything. I did everything I was supposed to do. And like, that's, that's it. I did everything. Clearly this was never meant to be, blah, blah, blah. Really sit down, give yourself that eight of swords space and say, how did my worldview contribute to this? How did my limiting beliefs contribute to this outcome? And finally, prompt four, if you could go back and do things differently, what would you do? So how would you tackle those limiting beliefs in those moments? How would that have changed the outcome? So we're really assessing what we've kind of come up with in prompt three and having a look at the history of it, really looking at everything that led up to that moment. So remember that this work is something we have to do continuously. Whenever you feel stuck or like your wheels are spinning, but you're not going anywhere, it may be because the core of your problem remains the same. So if you've listened to this episode and you're like, yes, this is me, but you don't want to do this work alone, or you don't feel like you have the ability to do it alone, then check out my Soul Tarot coaching sessions to see how I could support you in this work. So if you do need help or you feel very called to reaching out for support, then head over to the Soul Tarot coaching sessions and see if they could really, you know, connect with you and and help you. So that's it for another episode. If you want to keep up to date with all things Self Care Emporium, then you can do via the sign up form on the homepage of theselfcareemporium.com. Also, if you would be so kind as to share and review the podcast, that would be fantastic. All new reviews and feedback really helps with getting the podcast out there. So that would be awesome. So that is it. I will speak to you next week for another episode. I hope you have a lovely week. And if you are on the mailing list, I will be in touch. So I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye, guys.